Before we get started on today's show, I want to remind you guys about the Colorado Hawks, the nonprofit organization helping athletes from all over Colorado and achieve their dreams of playing sports at the next level and earning college scholarships. Right now, a lot of people from our community, the DNVR community, have purchased these t-shirts, the Jokic for MVP t-shirt, where 100% of the proceeds go... I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, could you hear that? Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, this will be a memorable read. (laughs) I'm sorry. So hold on. I I must be not going through my microphone then. That that was it. It was was good that we did that. (laughs) That was incredible. Just. That was it. My wife was sleeping on the couch. Woke her up <laughs> oh, the best ad read ever. Oh, no. Go to JokicForMVP.com. Check out the cool shirts they have. Long sleeve, gray, white, very cool. And 100% of proceeds go to this awesome foundation. You can keep it. You can keep it. You can just keep it. That's all you do. You keep it. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm Adam Mares, and I'm joined by the man you guys know as Eric, but his real name is D-Line Co. What's happening, brother? Not much. Can you believe my parents named me that? What morons? <laughs> it's really wild, man. But, you know, it's a good brand. It's a strong brand. <laughs> uh, I guess we're also joined by my wife by proxy, who's now just laughing uncontrollably <laughs> as she listens to this, uh, to this episode. Um, Harrison, Vote, Superstar Dev, all got the night off. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, Thursday, as the Nuggets try to make it 3-0 and in the Aaron Gordon era, taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, who will be without Paul George. It'll be very similar to Game 7 last year, no Paul George. Um, so Nuggets should be familiar with it. Uh, but I got to ask, Eric, so, you know, I was watching – I wasn't watching the Avs game because it's too hard. Like, I can only illegally stream certain things, and I, I'm not going to do it yeah. just yet. I'll do it for playoffs, I guess. But, um, <laughs> your, your conscience can only take so much. You know, exactly, exactly. I draw a line somewhere. Um, but I did see that they were just completely kicking ass today. And um, I think they scored nine goals. I think they had five they in the period. And so now we have it back to back games with the first games with fans in the arena and both teams, the Nuggets and the Avs go absolutely ham. Is this like, there's something to this, right? Well, there's definitely something to this, no doubt. However, this is also like just grand, a confluence of events that are all coming together. The serendipity of the universe is all converging at the right time. uh, And it's benefiting me and you, Adam. It, the, the universe is converging specifically for our pleasure. Wow. The Avs and the Nuggets were already good. They were they were That's trending in this right direction already. But now they're supercharged. It's like adding Nas to uh, Vin Diesel's uh, Gone in 60 Seconds car. It's just going to kick it up into overdrive. And he's doing <laughs> nine goals. <laughs> it's kind of true, man, though. Like, I, I'm, I actually – so you just seem to think this is because the teams are good, and it could be. I mean, the teams are good, and the Nuggets trade probably had more to do with their, like, hot start yesterday. And really, I went back and rewatched it. Th- that game was so dumb. Like, they were up 20. I think they had their biggest lead with three minutes to go in the third quarter, and, and then they collapsed it all, like, immediately within, like, a six-minute period. That game, you go back and rewatch it, they were just as dominant as you remember. It was like overwhelming oh. how dominant the Nuggets were all the way up until the end of the third quarter. And it didn't feel like it at the end, kind of, but it is was. It possible, is it possible to misremember a team being dominant that scored 44 points in the first quarter? Like, <laughs> that was the amount of points, I believe, that the Warriors scored against the Nuggets. Like I thought it was 50. Ago. Oh, I think they whatever the case, like it was, it was right in that it was right in that neighborhood, and I remember being on the other side of it and just feeling like the most hopeless feeling in the entire world. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, this yeah. team can't be stopped, and like, why are we even trying? Yeah, but even it's funny because you think I here's how I thought of it: they had a great first quarter, every, the second and third were just regular, and then the fourth quarter collapsed. But that wasn't the case. They were great in the second. They're great in the third. They they just were yeah. great the whole time, and then they had a little period of that second unit didn't do very well and then they didn't go back to their best lineup and you know just kind of stumbled across the finish line but go back and rewatch it it was it was every bit as dominant as as you know 
Don't don't feel bad thinking that it was a dominant win by the Nuggets because it was. It was completely a dominant win. It was so dominant that Michael Malone was given, he was afforded the luxury of just being able to put whoever he wanted in. He wasn't like, we've got to get Aaron Gordon in. Like, even when it was getting close, like, what what did it get down to? 10 points? What did it end up? I can't remember what the closest was because I thought somebody said six, but when I was rewatching it, yeah, it was only like 10 or 12 or something. It wasn't that close. When it got like down to that area, it was like, you know, a little nervous, but there was like two minutes left, and it, it was like, what, yeah, what yeah. Do we do? like it, so, yeah, it was clearly. Oh yeah, I think they got. It, I think they got it a little bit closer of like thirty seconds to go or something. Some right, like so. Who cares? Time. Like, it was just too little, too late. The the uh, Nuggets just absolutely punched them in the mouth and just continued to punch them in the mouth, and they just took their foot off the gas because they earned it. So <laughs> there's certainly like no. <laughs> it's not like a systemic failure or something you have to look into. Like, oh no, like is the second unit going to fail us? It's um, so true. It would have felt better though had they just won by twenty five, and we could like the numbers all would have been ridiculous. And you're like, you know what? Since getting Aaron Gordon, they're winning by average of thirty points per game. Um, so they they robbed us of that, but whatever. It, it's so true, and we're like definitely in that uh, just point or just that part of the world where we just have to stuff the ballot as much as possible it's like not enough that we have like the statistically best player in the world we have to make sure that we win by 60 points a game so that the jump will take notice and be like (laughs) we we can worry like then robert ori can know uh that the nuggets are like a good basketball team otherwise he has literally no idea i love listening to these guys talk where you're just like dude you have no idea what none yeah no idea what you're talking about but the worst part is that you pretend that you do like i I frequently don't know what I'm talking about, but it's obvious to everybody, including me. Like, <laughs> I don't hide that. <laughs> it's so true. You did share that clip of the jump um, with them saying that the Nuggets have now, as a, as a compliment, they are now respectable. Respect- <laughs> for before, not not remotely, but respectable. But the worst part about it is that if he, through his explanation, he was like, well, they got Aaron Gordon and, you know, they're just going to need to work on the defensive side of things. And you're like, dude, you're an idiot. That's like literally <laughs> what Aaron Gordon brings to the equation. Like, yeah, we'll stop see. trying we'll to see. sound. I smart. honestly, I honestly like the Nuggets being slept on. Still, so does Monte Morris, according to his Twitter. So, I'm I'm all right with it. I, I don't mind the slept on part. I just hate the. I I just hate ignorance being passed off as expertise. Yeah, yeah. Drives yeah, well, it's the WWEification of the NBA. You just have I to know. Have a take that, everything's got to have an immediate. Like, are they respectable or not at all? Are they garbage? <laughs> that's my thing like the nba deserves so much better than the treatment it's given like i don't understand why it's so difficult and seemingly i guess impossible to get um you know people to look at it just as the amazing product that it is and not have to just make it about like just this this thing that's happening in the background so we can talk about lebron james i got a thing about that that i'm going to film next week with aaron our new video guy about um the, about Jokic, the MVP, and just appreciating Jokic. And I, I, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a cool thing. But I bring up the fan thing because I actually think it's huge. I, I think that we have – this has taught us just how underrated fans are. And part of this was, you know, Denver's home court advantage early on in the season, especially with wasn't there. And I was like, why? And people were like, well, the altitude is the advantage. I think actually just like it's part altitude. It's part the airport location, but I think it's part just like fans really can sway a game. And if you're like, bring that extra level to it, man, it really sways things. And just having 4,000 fans and a little bit of excitement because Aaron Gordon's there, I think that that really lifts the team. And with the Avs, I'm sure it had an impact on it tonight as well. Um, but here's my question for you. This is the first question. We're going to do a bunch of questions. The last segment, we're going to play a little questionnaire game. That'll be fun. But oh. th- this is my first question, though. I think that the playoffs are going to be such a wild card if playoffs allow close to full capacity, even if it's half capacity, two-thirds capacity. If you have a player like Michael Porter Jr., who's really played meaningful games inside of a bubble and now like without anybody in arenas, if you go suddenly from that 4,000 fans to 17,000 for a playoff do-or-die game, I feel like that's a huge shock to the system. I think that might be the case, although I feel like Michael Porter Jr. specifically has been just becoming hard-tempered by the game of basketball over the last year and a half. And um, I think early on when he was unsure of his place on the team and, you know, just new to the, the grandness of the NBA, like, 
those two factors could have like really messed him up. But I, I feel like him just being so confident now, I have a hard, hard time imagining anything knocking him off of his square, you know? Oh man, not me at all. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> the playoffs are such a different beast, man. Like, Intensity, like the regular season, man. We're we're not in it. If you're actually in it, my dog is drinking so loud right now, like the <laughs> loudest you could possibly drink. Right, and he's like looking at me, like, "Yeah, you like that? Um, Do you like it?" I, I don't. I actually don't. <laughs> um, he's gonna, he just he just asked to go out, and he's going to ask to go out in like 30 seconds again um, after drinking this much water. But no, I think that there is. And George Carl's even talked about this about. It's just tilt, man. Like everybody has a little bit of it. And Michael Porter's career so far has been the weirdest freaking start to a career ever. Nope. If you nope. think about it, he re- he didn't play redshirted one year. <laughs> then he rode the pine for half a year, played a little bit, and then a pandemic hit. Like, and you then he hasn't the, played in front of fans since then. Like, you forgot the first first part of his career, which is when he played three games in college. <laughs> You're so, right. I mean, the, it's I, the, the weirdest thing ever. I think it'll have a real impact on him. I mean, you think about being in a Portland or a Utah or one of these places that has really great fans, really loud fans, and the team's down 10 points, and now Michael Porter has an open shot. I, I just think that's going to affect him. And, and I'm just only using him because he's the basically the young, the young guy who's never had that experience. At least Jamal Murray has. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, I just thought it was a I, – I, th- I think it's going to be a thing. And it could even be a positive, like – I think crowds favor momentum. So if you're up in a series and then you have that home crowd, like, oh man, you're going to be so much tougher to beat. And I just, I think that's going to sway things maybe more than people realize. I think the good players are going and the experienced players are going to be lifted by it. And the new and inexperienced players are probably going to have a little shock to their. Think about Aaron Gordon, man, going from Orlando and not playing any meaningful games. And then all of a sudden being in like hostile territory. Yeah. I mean, probably we're going to get just, essentially how the playoffs generally play out which is the home teams have a massive advantage just because i mean you're right those crowds it's not the same i mean there's there's a there's one thing to have the energy of just like a normal crowd on a tuesday in february in the nba which is still like a lot a lot going on but man those play like the intensity in those playoff buildings wow it's like something dude it's so intense. Imagine. It's so intense. I know. I um, mean, it's probably honestly though why we got the best. We probably got the best playoffs ever last year, right? Where all neutral territory and teams were able to just play um, the best basketball team versus the best basketball team versus like who is just feeling the external pressures the most. Right. Yeah. I think it's gonna be well. Do you think there's a chance? I mean, this I'm asking you a public health question, so this is you clearly don't have no, insight on. We're talking to the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think? What do you think the chances are that we'll have like more fans than five thousand people by the playoffs? How long are the? Let's see. How far out are we? Couple five months. Weeks, six five weeks. weeks. I mean, I, mean, I feel like there's so many people right now. Like five it's weeks. True. I, know if I have half the state vaccinated. It's true. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You don't know. They have been, you know, at our at our beloved DNVR bar, they've been slowly That's true. Turning, turning the juice on more and more. So it seems like reasonable that the same thing would happen. I mean, I'm sure that they, you know, this is essentially they're just doing a trial. You just see if you let a certain amount of people in and then if two weeks have passed and there's no outbreak, you start, you sort of turn it up and turn it up and turn it up. So um I mean, it's not going to be full, but even half. I'm just telling you, man. The the hearing everybody talk about the energy in the building last night, and then being like, there's hardly anyone there. So even if you get it to half or something, like I just feel like it'll be so so meaningful. Would you? I kind of want to see a playoff game with half capacity. I, I feel like it, the onus is on you. If you're at a playoff game with half capacity, you have to be twice as loud. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for that. Like I, <laughs> this is the, this is the role I was born to play <laughs> guy. That's tw- you know, a little more guy, yeah, guy that, that's twice as loud as he, sh- as he should be at a, at a uh, basketball game. That's me. <laughs> I feel like it might be easier to organize chants and stuff if it's a smaller group, you know what? Oh, for sure. Is that good though? A chant? Do we like a chant? Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, I guess- like- if you can like really attack a player, I feel like that's what you want to target, you know. Well, I, I'm back in. You know that. You know where to hit me in my soft spots. That's exactly what I like to do when I yell. It's uh, attack players. All right. Slightly more serious question. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this a lot. I've heard, I think, from a lot of different people, 
Jeremy Grant's departure from Denver was not just about wanting to be in a black city for a black coach and black front office. There were parts of and it wasn't just about wanting a larger role and to prove himself as the cornerstone piece. I think there were parts about the fit here. You know, he came off the bench last season. He didn't really raise a complaint or anything publicly, but I've heard maybe he wasn't so happy with being a 25 minute per game player, especially when he was more than that already in Oklahoma city, he basically took a step back. And then in the playoffs, of course, became such a huge part of the team that I think part of why he left was he just didn't want to be that diminished of a role. And I wonder if you think there's lessons the Nuggets and Michael Malone in particular can learn about from that experience about Aaron Gordon. Um, I think the lesson is that you need to treat your player in accordance with the length of their contract. Like if you're <laughs> going to play that long game, you got to make sure that dude's not just around for a year. Aaron Gordon, he's got for two years. Michael Porter Jr., if he was only on the Jeremy Grant deal after his first year, he would have absolutely left. Right. Like, and it's, I mean, Jeremy Grant was so stupid because his role would have, he would have been in the starting unit this year. He would have, like, he would have taken over. Paul I, don't know if Jeremy is, I don't know if Jeremy Grant is stupid. I mean, you're right. He might. Uh, I don't mean stupid. Well, I do mean stupid. We're, I mean, how good are the Nuggets right now? Like, yeah. his, like, I, I mean, I understand, obviously, we don't know everything. Jeremy Grant might have gotten traded for Aaron Gordon at the deadline. <laughs> he might be on a three-year deal in Orlando right now, just like, what that would be That would make no sense. I mean, that that's the same player, the same player type anyway, to a certain degree. I mean, they I just know, needed help in that. There are meaningful differences. I honestly, I, I agree. I know that sounds like that's easy to say, but I, I actually honestly prefer Aaron Gordon quite a bit to Jeremy Grant. I don't disagree, but um, I feel like what we saw from Jeremy Grant wasn't his best uh, role until until the end when we were like, oh my God, like where's this been all year? And where it's been all year has been on the second unit. And uh, I mean, it was, it was really, remember we just had like really wonky minutes with him a lot with like him and Plumlee. Well, this is why I bring it up because, you know, we, Michael Malone after the game yesterday said, you know, he's still recovering from an ankle injury and basically hinting at like, not that he's on a minute restriction, but if he can buy him minutes on the bench, he's still going to do it early on. So maybe I think there's probably something to that, that we aren't necessarily privy to, but at the same time, I look at it and I go, you just didn't play him down the stretch. It's we're two games in and he already got the Jeremy Grant treatment of like being on the bench and look, they won. I think it's early a week from now. We probably forgot about it, but oh, yeah. it's at least in my mind where I'm like, you know, <laughs> doing this. Like, yeah, you could, this is a, this is like a PTSD take. This is like, I mean, <laughs> you're right, like scared. You just like, don't want to be hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I'm just saying, man, like it all about sacrifice this or that. Then you play 19 minutes and it's like, Hey, <laughs> I said, I was going to play like JaVale McGee minutes over here. Um, so I think that's one of, I, I do think that there is something that Michael Malone can sort of take away from, from that, you know, minutes matter, experimenting matters. Like, you know, early on, I think setting the tone for, hey, you're here to fit into us. So like read that. But I do think at some point, and I, and I think Mullen's already starting to do this a little bit. We've already seen him bring the ball up the court someplace. But I do think just saying like, hey, let's push the limits. He thinks he can be a creator. Let's push the limits of that. Let's run some plays where he is the point guard and just see what he can do. And the team yeah. playing as well as they are, you probably have opportunities to try that a lot. I mean, I would say the difference between those two is that Aaron Gordon being brought in was like, it was understood by everybody involved that we're bringing in not a role player. We're bringing in a top line yeah. uh, starter, right? I mean, he is a role player in that he's not Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray, but sure. he's not a role player in that he is already widely regarded as a uh, top level NBA talent, right? Even right. if, um, you know, even if he's not sort of achieved the accolades to be able to really fall off on or fall back onto that. But you know, Jeremy Grant was like a really sneaky kind of pickup. Like we got him for a pick. It was the yeah. Oklahoma city was doing a sell-off. He didn't come in like with the fanfare and he didn't come in with the expectation. It was like, Oh, this is like a really sneaky, good move, but it wasn't like anything that people were, were talking about. Like this Aaron Gordon move is like leading ESPN. Like this is a big deal. Right. right. So, um, you know, Aaron, like Aaron Gordon slides right into the starting unit and, it's already a very clear expectation of the role he's going to play. And Jeremy Grant like kind of came in as, okay, cool. You know, we just know that this guy is long and lanky and that he's been yeah. successful just being athletic and, you know, can do a few things, but 
I mean, we, you know, Oklahoma City used him as a role player as well. And so um, I, I just think for Michael Malone, he's just looking at those two players completely different. With Jeremy Grant, I think he had to figure out what he had. And with Aaron Gordon, I think he knows right off the bat, right? Yeah, maybe. I just, this is just, I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. This is the cold, cold water take segment. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It's a, it's a, um, but we're obviously in the honeymoon phase. I think the honeymoon phase will last a while, especially if Nuggets keep Dude. winning, which I think you look at their schedule. I mean, we got to knock on wood, but with the fact that the Clippers are so undermanned tomorrow, I'm sh- I, I imagine the Nuggets will be favorites going into that game. You get two games off, which are going to be huge because you get practice. You get to kind of work some sets in, uh, probably work JaVale McGee in. And then you come back and you have, you know, Orlando, it, it just a couple games that they're not gimmies. They're not like the bottom of the barrel, though Orlando is. But after that, but they're games that you're going to be favored in. And I just think, man, if you can get a seven game winning streak or something like that going, then that, that's the honeymoon keeps going. You know, it's like you keep winning an extra night of your honeymoon. When the, like shortly after the schedule came out, I went through and I really looked at it and like kind of did that you know, seemingly futile practice of assigning a W or an L to everyone. And uh, like, I, I think, I mean, I, I presented it like I was joking, but I really think the Nuggets are going to win 47 games. Like looking at the, at the schedule, like there were not that many games where I even gave a little bit of pause where you're like, well, I think there's like 27 games left or something. So I think 47 would mean going 20 and seven, which uh, yeah. I think when I went through it, I thought the range was more, yeah, 20 to 7 to, to like 18 and, and 9, you know, 17 and 10 or something like that. Like, they really are a lot of favorable games. Totally. I mean, so it's, you know, mid-40s, mid to high 40s. I mean, completely on the table for this team uh, as far as win total. And, um, you know, the world is starting to come back. Like, there's just like, I mean, there's truly like universal – confluence of factors that are that are starting to like come into play that just feel like um you know we're, we're dealing with like a team of destiny in a way you know more so than ever i've uh, that I've, I've ever felt about any basketball team but this one specifically like this one really feels like the pieces are falling in place at the right time mm, i love your optimism i always love your optimism <laughs> i'm serious though like you know I, i'm on this show and i you know i'm always just uh, you know, I always try to want to make things as entertaining as possible. So sometimes my takes are maybe a, even a little more inflated than I intend them to be. But I really feel like this level of optimism about this Nuggets team. I really have for the past five years. I've really like tried to sell every single person that I could on the concept of this Nuggets team, knowing that it would pay off. Like I've just never been so <clears throat> sure about the ascension of a team like the Broncos. You know, I don't know where they're going right now. I mean, if you hear me talk about the Rockies, like I all I do is make shirts to like clown them, like in the Avalanche. And the, I, I and you know, depending upon what period of my life it's been, like I've loved every one of those teams just as much as I love the Nuggets right now. It's just I wholly believe in this Nugget squad. Um, what would be the best route to the finals for you? The most satisfying route. What is the best route to the finals? Like, so you mean like through Utah? Like, yeah, like what would be your first round, second round? Like, how would you? Yo, give me, give me Portland, give me Utah. Portland, then... Utah, one, two, just go through the Northwest. The only problem with that is that's that becomes the NBA TV series. If you do both of those, like nobody even pays attention until the final round of those. You know? You're not, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I feel like it would just be like the most personally satisfying, but I, you know, all right, fine. Give me, uh, give me, give me Portland, take out Nurkic, and then let's go. Let's, I mean, well, let's go. Could it, let's see, could it be Portland, Utah, and then one of the LA teams? No. It could be, yeah. It could, I mean, right now, everything's on the table. I mean, yeah. So the most satisfying would be Portland, then Utah, then Lakers. Okay. I think for my, for me personally, I think it's Portland, then Lakers, because then you avenge your last two losses. You lost to Portland, you lost to the Lakers. Like, okay, you've avenged those. And then Clippers, just so that nobody can say, like, oh, they caught them on a bad break. No, you go through all the super teams. <laughs> two years in a row. Clippers. And then in the end, I wanted to put 76ers, but I actually think Brooklyn would be the better one. 76ers would be good. The Embiid Yo. Jokic would win it. But 76ers I'm, would be incredible. Are you kidding incredible. me? I mean, Jokic dominating Embiid would be really, really great. But I'm telling you, there's something too in the era of super teams and and like what matters and who these are the real teams. If you go through every single one, Lakers, Clippers, <laughs> and Nets, and it's like, yeah, you guys should have talked about the Nuggets. I'm sorry, he didn't pay. No. I love I love that there are like 18 scenarios for the Nuggets that like 
are them avenging some great wrong like every it's like they, they've just been wronged so many times yeah. by so many people it's like yeah you guys thought Embiid was better you were joking so we yeah. take out them or uh you thought building a super team was better than building a team we take out them like the lakers lebron james like we d- i feel like it has to be the lakers the last in the finals they have to just be the to, final boss yeah yeah you got to take out that final boss like you just need to you need to like drop Bowser into that lava and then move on. <laughs> I, I agree. Actually, you know what? I'm with you. I'm going to swap Clippers and Lakers. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. If you get Clippers again and people are like, once again, like there's no chance Denver. Will- <laughs> we just repeat. Wow. Basically you just want last year's playoffs. Right <laughs> exactly. All right. Last one before we take a break. What are your personal ranking right now for nuggets? Most interesting nuggets currently. How would you, you're most interested to watch right now. <clears throat> so, uh, should we let should we count it down? Go from five to one, if you want. Yeah, you can do it that way. Let's think here. So, I, I'll tell you what. F- I think top four are pretty easy. I think top you four. Do. Well, all right. You know what? Let's start. Let's start at the top. That is much easier. Yeah. Number one, forever and always, because it's all the only person I ever think about in my life is Nikola Jokic. It's same with me. It's so funny. Like the Nuggets could add Doncic <laughs> and Durant, and I'd be like, yeah, number one's Jokic. Okay, let's see. Jokic could he is the most fascinating human being i've ever come across like (laughs) his psychology doesn't make any sense at all but he's so full of love and he's like so (laughs) you might be projecting a little no 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 he's like so boyish the way he approaches certain things but then he's like so principled about others yeah yeah that's a good none of it and none of his values line up with the rest of society at all Yeah. And he also is the most unorthodox athlete of all time, possesses zero athleticism and just like clowns dudes. Like the most athletic guys in the world clowns them, makes them look silly. It's so, and I cannot, I just, it like, I like think about when Jokic does an, an interview and then as he signs off, he just screams in the microphone <laughs> and then walks off. And then, <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Except for like the most delightful thing I've ever seen in my life. And what is that? <laughs> We're, we're together. We uh, Jokic is just always number one. And it feels weird even to do like recency or anything because it's like, it's still Jokic. Oh my God. All right. So number two, most interesting nugget because in the same way, very confusing. Well, not in the same way, but I think Michael Porter Jr. Also very interesting only because he makes no sense in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> I have him tip number two as well. It's like when I'm watching the game, like I'm just drawn to Jokic, right? Everything he's doing. But like when Michael Porter has the ball and you know he's about to shoot it, it's the most fun thing. I was thinking about this the other day um, while I was sitting uh, in a contemplative state, we'll say, late, late at night, contemplative state. And I'm sitting here thinking like every Michael Porter three he's ever made has been fun. Yeah. I'm like, whatever it goes in, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that was fun. Well, you know what it is? He like does this the like the the real favor of having like the highest arc possible. Oh team. yeah! So after he shoots it, you have like a full second and a half to think about it before it goes. <laughs> and then I'm like, like, oh, <laughs> the way they go in are so satisfying too. Like when he makes them, they're almost they splash. Those like... They splash. <laughs> You're right, but I but why is he most interesting? Because then also, like what a weird dude <laughs> like, like he comes again i'll never get over the story i will never get over the story of him showing up to denver and his first act upon arrival is to hustle a local kid out of his out of his, oh, out of his jordans that were a graduation present <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny and then like you know like his tiktok stuff and his ig live stuff and you're just like who is this guy like he doesn't line up to any of the uh archetypes that you have in the nba very interesting yeah <laughs> he is uh I, I for me it's just the basketball reasons like i he's he's a guy that i feel like at any moment is capable of scoring you know oh. 15 points in a row and you're so it's like there's not that many guys that are capable of that and he's like he's also a guy that it kind of takes me back to Jokic's sophomore season, you know, where it everything was so new and just felt like everything was possible. It wasn't polished by any means. And some yeah. nights there was just like nothing to it. But some nights he Jokic would go out and do like near triple double type numbers or triple double and you'd just be like, This is crazy. And I feel that with Michael Porter when he drains five of five three. Oh, dude. Like, but that's that's not interesting. You're not like, huh. Yes, it is too. Oh no, it, it is, is interesting. I'm telling you, like, to me, like, that's I'm, exhilarating. That's the most okay. exhilarating. Well, that's what I mean, exhilarating, interesting, all of it together. 
Okay. Well, I think of I think of interesting as somebody that you just like you're like, what is going on? Like, well, I mean, is- entertaining. Like, you're just so inter- you sit down. Oh. What are you most excited for? You know, and I'd say yo, it's still the same to me. Jokic one, MPJ two. Yeah. Well, that I mean, Murray and Murray and MPJ sort of like fight for that number two spot. They because re- when Murray gets hot, like, what is better? Yeah. When he comes out around it, dude. I mean, bubble Even Murray was in the fourth quarter was just like like nothing. <laughs> What what's better than that? And then he, when he starts like talking shit, and he's like, like, oh my god, what could be better? He's talking a lot of shit lately. I don't know if he's so known. good. We go back and rewatch it. You see, he's at, he's John early now. Oh, Jamal Murray three, and all three of these guys are like, when we when I look back, it's funny because we keep talking about Jokic. He's the greatest Nugget ever. I think like it's probably time to start talking about Jamal Murray and where he belongs in the greatest Nuggets ever. Like he's clearly not you know number one. Yeah, and more accomplished and stuff ahead of him, but it's not that weird to me to think that he's like gaining steam. Like he's climbing the rankings of all time. Great nuggets. Yeah. You know who he is right now? He's Mahmoud. Like, he's no, like, he's better. He's so much better than Mahmoud, man. I don't think that I, not, not skill set And like, I, just as far as like uh, their imprint on nuggets history, like, cause if you cut it off right now, except Murray like, is also great. This is the thing I, I have to push back on. This you're right that like cold like he's fun. He shoots threes, does all this stuff. But the other the difference is that one was a little bit of a sideshow. If we're being honest, like one of them was a and I love Mahmoud, but he was a little bit of a like novelty. And Murray's not. He's substance and style. Well, I think I mean as I remember as a child, like Mahmoud Abdul Raouf like really captured my heart and like really like I loved watching him play basketball. I just mean. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately, I just think they're at the same level at this exact moment in time. Like if it just stopped right Man, now, no way. I, 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 even that, I, this is what I'm saying. Like, uh, I feel uh, like we have this thing of Murray as like, well, you know, there's these other greats ahead, like fat lever and this and that. And you're like, you know, fat lever was the number two on a team that also had equal success to what this era of one has had, you know, and Murray dropped 50 twice in one series. Like I, I'm not. He's not quite there yet. I think there's one more run into him before people start saying, hey, Nuggets have two top 10 Nuggets of all time right now on their team with a third one, like, growing quickly. Yeah, no, I I think that ultimately where he will land will be within the, if not the top five, like the top two, the top five. Like, he'll be an absolute, like, legendary Nugget, no question. Um, I just feel like, you know, from him we've gotten just – only um, expectation, one immense payoff, and then we're back to sort of like wondering who he is. He's like finally returning to looking like he has actually just raised his game, um, like the, the floor of it. So, yeah. you know, just a little more consistency, he'll get there for sure. I, I don't know. I, yeah. He's, I, I think to me, he's up there. I'd have to go and sit down and look at the all time nuggets and see where, like, how close he is to cracking that top 10, but it's pretty damn good. Um, all right, number four. Well, I was going to say for number three, it was going to be Bull Bull. Like, that's the most interesting. Oh, he's ahead of Murray? Well, because I I was, again, I was evaluating it on, like, who interests me as a human being. Like, as far as a player, if you're saying who excites me, yeah, it goes, it goes Jokic, Murray, MPJ. Those are two are tied. And then probably after that, it would go, I mean, is it Aaron Gordon? Is it Jermichael Green? Is it... I mean, it kind of, you know, it kind of depends on the night after that. Uh, nobody else has, like, consistently grabbed my attention that way. For me, for me, it's an easy Aaron Gordon. Is it Monte? Oh, I it's Aaron? Aaron Gordon. And part of it is he's new. I mean, we'll see. Well, it. it's, that's just it. Like, but it's right, we've got, right now. And also, I mean, we've, got, we've got 21 points total out of him. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the points are what make him interesting, though. That's the thing. No, I agree. I agree. I've really enjoyed watching him defend late, like, especially you go back on the tape you're just like dude this guy is like locking down <laughs> making life hell for whoever is like trying to get around him and it's beautiful I, it's really cool and just like his enthusiasm just the newness of it all it's just he also i think aaron gordon this is weird to say i think he looks cool oh <laughs> cool looking guy and i think um <laughs> i honestly think he makes the nuggets cooler like i think that this, this was another one of the questions i have for you are the nuggets the coolest they've ever been uh no nope not even close What's well? I should say of the Jokic era. Of the oh, era. of the Jokic era, no question, no question. You think this is the coolest but, version of the Nuggets in the Jokic era? I mean, well, I mean, what's the rival? Like, who, when else have they been cool? Like, it's cool to win. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. 
Maybe the bubble. Maybe you could make a case of the bubble or something. Yeah, but that's there's right now they're the bubble team, but like plus <laughs> Aaron Gordon. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Aaron Gordon makes him sneaky cool, which is funny because I don't think he's particularly cool. Like he's he's cool in a, in, in an interesting way, but yeah, you know what he is? Court. He's like on he's like on the court cool, and then yeah. like he he strikes me as like kind of corny off the court like in real irl corny but like it doesn't matter because his movements and his just the way that he carries himself on the court like is like very genuine so it works (laughs) bowl bowl was my fifth and my hot take was none of the other nuggets are like that exhilarating i like them like i like monte i like jamichael green i like those guys but it's rare that i'm always like oh hell yeah here he come monte's checking in hell yeah what's about to happen guys what's about to happen i know know. he might get a mid-range jumper little little floater we might have some coming up i've noticed that like michael malone is like definitely does not manage his games to make them exhilarating or interesting <laughs> like bull bull never gets in it would be amazing if he would just like pop in for like little two two three minute stints <laughs> all right that's perfect let's take a break because on the other side i'm gonna just ask a question should bull bull be playing Ooh. <laughs> second unit has a weird hole in it can bull bull be the guy half-baked idea but first uh gonna tell you about breckenridge brewery the the official beer partner of dmvr you guys know they've been our beer partner basically since we were just an egg just just before we were even burst as a company there was breckenridge brewery nursing us to life uh and they have fantastic beers eight of which you can get there at the dmvr bar including my personal favorite the mountain beach not just a favorite because it tastes great but also a favorite because the can is like a work of art um, better than anything Eric's ever designed. Uh, it's really a great can. Um, no question there. No question there. I love the Mountain Beach color scheme. I think it's very cool. I like the. I, I even like the name Mountain Beach. It's like <laughs> no such thing. But hey, we'll take it. <laughs> the Mountain Beach. Um, so you can check them out. They've also got boozies. The thing, you know, everybody's starting to call these boozies. They're seltzers <laughs> that uh, from Breckenridge Brewery. They have delicious flavors. Uh, you can check those out. Right in time for spring. I have a 100% spring slash summer vibes, man. I'm in summer mode. Mountain Beach, tank tops, boozy. You're in complete summer mode. I hope that uh, Breckenridge sues you for defamation for trying to get people to call them boozies. <laughs> <laughs> Credit me is what they will do. Uh, oh, that's what I meant, yeah. yeah. So check them out. Also, I want to tell you guys about Gabby Insurance. And you can speak to this. When it comes to car and home insurance, you deserve better. You can download uh, right now. You can you can check out their website and they will compare your current rates on car and home insurance against what they can offer you. And look, it's a no strings attached thing. This is not a hey, you do this, they're going to call you a million times. You're going to get emails, or you got to give up your social security and, and your secret passwords and everything else. No, you just put your numbers in. They're going to tell you what they can do for you, and you can compare it. And I'm guessing you're going to be shocked, as shocked as Eric was. I will I will tell you that they they do Gabby themselves will email you to remind you to follow through but they don't sell your information to other people like they don't sell it to people that would give the robo calls and things like that um I know because yes, I've I've become the local space of this company because of, because of my own astounding findings. I was spending sixteen hundred dollars too much on my uh, car insurance. Um, so yeah, Gabby, it works in uh, in wonderful and horrifying ways. Put, put your policy to the test. Get better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to gabby.com/dnvr. That's g-a-b-i.com/dnvr. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast with my co-pilot here, D-Line Co. You guys know him as Eric. Um, and, okay, that second unit's not doing too well. I think it's going to change once Monte Moritz gets back. But here's the thing. You've got Faku, you got Dozier. We, a little bit of a weird pairing. Neither one's reliable from outside. Both of them best with the ball in their hands and you spread the court. You get two bigs. You put Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap. Both can space the floor, but they're not very dynamic. Not a lot of athleticism. What if they need a three? They need spacing. That offense just grinds to a halt. Why not throw Bull Bull out there? I look at the options and I go, okay, there's Greg Whittington, but he's kind of out right now. Plus, we don't even know what. what I love he put right now. For for the moment, he's out. For the moment, he's out. (laughs) He's played one minute. (laughs) Marcus Howard, that doesn't make sense. You've got Zeke Naji, like maybe. I mean, I'm intrigued by Zeke Naji as well. You've got staggering the starters, which, okay, maybe you do, although Malone did that the other day and and you end up having everybody playing 40 minutes um or why not try bull bull out there he can shoot the three you insulate him like that lineup that the four 
bench lineup that they have right now, phenomenal on defense. And that's what you worry about with Bull Bull is like, can, you know, is he going to blow up your defense? And he will, but you give him four good defenders. Maybe it's a little less. So I just wonder if like, it's, it's a crazy idea, but if you're up by 22 points going into the second quarter, why not say F it? Let's see if Bull Bull is a great moment to throw him out there to this lineup that can't score. I would love to see Bull Bull out there. I think Bull Bull's problem is that the two guys that play the position that he would slot into are working. Like, no, he's small forward. This is what I'm saying. Like, you need a small forward, and you're either going – You'd really play him at the three. It, this is what I'm saying. You either, Even when Monte comes back, you either go Monte, Faku, Dover, which just like we have a lot of – Imagine a one-to-one swap of Faku for Bull Bull, like the two most <laughs> – like the two literal polar opposite people on, on That's what it is. The one-to-one swap is Monte for Faku, and then, <laughs> and then you just put Bull in instead of Barton or Murray or whatever other combo they've been trying. And you just say, you know, that lineup can defend. It's defending very well. It's just the half court. It's so like, can't do anything. Put bull, put a seven foot two floor spacer out there. Why not? See what happens. Bull has been playing like that when he's been given minutes, he's been playing with like uh, reckless abandon and joy again, which is like <laughs> nice to see. He's like, he's like heat checking. He's like coming up. He's like draining threes and like smiling. Like Bull was in a bad place for a while. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's playable again. That's what I'm mind. saying. I just, there's no great options uh, until Monte gets back. And then the great option is you just shorten your rotation and only play nine guys. And that's probably the best bet, but you got one game. If Denver gets out to a hot start, they have a 10 point lead again. Like they have had for the last two games. I, I want to see bowl bowl out there. That's my, that's my hot take. It might not work, but who cares? You're going to win. <laughs> Everything else right. You're going to win. <laughs> so um, let's see. Those are, were those all my questions? I guess those were all my questions. Oh, actually, okay. what do you know? We got to talk about tomorrow night. So just a little bit preview here. What do you want to see? What do you personally want to see from tomorrow's night's game? Well, man, I wanted to see like a meaningful matchup, but the, the clips are such losers. Like half of them are out. So why Leonard's still in. It is. Abaka being out is the big thing because that was the difference for them early in the season where it's like, oh, wow, now they have a stretch big that makes Jokic like really tough, have tough assignments. Yeah. So I don't I don't really have anything I want to see out of it. I just want to see a dub. <laughs> I just want to see a victory and move on. And like I want to see them uh, blow them out so, you know, uh, people can really start to get the buzz that the Nuggets are real. And well, there's there's somebody they're like worth paying attention to like you know three like convincing wins in a row um would be that you know people start to notice like and we totally getting it's like a television too you know this is tnt yes so that, i mean that's what i want to see i just want to see them perform like they've done for the last two and people you know have to admit that they can't ignore them anymore and just pretend like oh you know have we have to hear that Jokic isn't you know, not a worthy MVP, even consideration because the Nuggets don't win enough. The Nuggets don't win enough. Um, and I just want to see them play in a way that is aesthetically pleasing to the large audience that, you know, the, the average NBA fan craves. And, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's what I want. Well, you don't have the specifics I do. So here, I will give them to you right here. <laughs> I want to see Aaron Gordon defend Kawhi Leonard. We just saw him against Brandon Ingram, and I felt like that was a meaningful, like we needed to see that. And he did, or I'm not sure, I'm sorry, uh, Ben Simmons. And he did a great job, like a really, really good job. And it was very, I want to see him go up against Kawhi Leonard. What if he bothers him tomorrow? Kawhi's kind of a solo, you know, act tomorrow. So there's going to be a lot of attention on him. I would love to see Aaron Gordon just really get under his skin and lock him down. I think that would be meaningful. I think it would be a thing that gives the team confidence. Like, I think a lot of defense is confidence. And if you have confidence in like one guy as your anchor, you're kind of like, Hey man, we're good. We're good. We got this. Yeah. Like the, the Utah jazz effect, right? With what? Gobert? Yeah. Just like how they know that they have like somebody in the middle. I know you hate Gobert. So this, <laughs> this is going to irk you, but I just, I just mean like having a one guy that's like the defensive guy. So you feel like, I mean, we don't have like the defensive guy when Gary came in, it felt like, Oh yeah, cool. We have our defensive guy having that guy on there. It mean it changes everything. I don't know why one guy is able to do that, but he totally is. I also want to see Gordon handle the ball a little bit more. I think this is likely more to come next week as they get practices under their belt, but I'd like to see him just like run a little bit more pick and roll and see if he can get into the paint and and some of that stuff. He had some passes that were like really close to being great the other day. And you could just tell it's like, okay, he's learning the rhythm of this team and everything else. Um, I also want to see Jokic dominate inside. 
part of my theory about why this lineup I'm so excited about this new look lineup is it's just it's so much perimeter. And you give Zubots and you don't give and you give like threats all around. I just wonder if tomorrow's the night where they're like, hey man, we can't double yoke and we're gonna do this. And I just want to see him go to town and just see what happens. Um, yeah, man, I I I I can foresee all of that happening. I can also foresee the uh, Clippers just being like, well, you know, all the chips are against us. So if they start to get beaten, it'll be just like what Philly did, where they just sort of like they don't do anything meaningful. There's nothing really to glean from anything right, that we saw. It just sort of like becomes street ball, um, which I can totally imagine happening. Um, but I mean, yeah. So basically, if I can summarize what you're saying, like you want to see more Aaron Gordon. Yep, I agree. <laughs> there you go. I, I want to see Javale McGee if he plays or not. Because if he plays tomorrow, I'm very excited for your theory. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's not even a theory. Like it's not a theory. It's like just it's actually a theory. No, he, it's not a theory that he has asthma. It is not a theory that he has That's asthma. Why he is it played in Denver? <laughs> the theory, yeah. The, well. I don't. I, I can't say for certain that that has influenced whether or not he's gotten into the game. I just know that I want to see him. I actually would re- prefer to see him play in Denver to show me to make to, that I can trust him and not him as a man, but him as the physical construction of his lungs are concerned that they are able to and even if he's the best guy in the world, but is like hampered by his lungs, which, you know, not his fault. I get it. I just want to make sure that that's not the issue that it was before because it was an issue. I don't know why everybody, <laughs> like everyone just wants to tell me I'm an idiot, but I, I don't understand like why more people don't think this could potentially be an issue. Uh, I, 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 well, I don't know if we'll see him tomorrow, but it would be interesting. I mean, we're still waiting on the debut. I'm still going to take a victory lap if he, if he does certainly suddenly play tomorrow not, <laughs> when we're not in Denver. I, I just that knowing you're going to take a victory lap makes me certain he's going to play tomorrow. Now I, just I know me too. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, I just want to see if the bench unit. This is probably the last chance of the best unit because I do think once Monte comes back, and I suspect he comes back on Sunday. Just a hunch I have. There's no info on that. It's just me, my my guess. Um, I, I think that this is the last shot, and I want to see if they can make something of it, or if it's just like you know, it's, it's a cursed lineup. Sometimes things feel like a cursed lineup until they're not, and. That feels like a cursed lineup. I don't even know what the lineup is. It's just you know, like four, it's a four man: Jamichael, uh, Millsap, Dozier, Faku. That those four. It's just like it doesn't. They tried putting Murray out there to save it. They tried putting Barton out there. Nothing saves that lineup at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I remember it, Plumley Jokic when it Plumley first got here was like the worst lineup ever, and then they eventually figured it out, and all of a sudden it was like great every time. Oh yeah, it was like it was a lineup that people despised so much they gave it a derisive, a derisive nickname, the Plumlick lineup. Oh, the Plumlick lineup is I it. Plum Plumkitch plum or something like that. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> we forgot. We forgot what it was. Plumlich. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. And I'm also just excited. To... I'm excited for everything Nuggets right now. Like I cannot get enough Denver Nuggets. I'm back to the point where I'm like looking to see what people around the the country think about like i have for the longest time just been like i don't care i don't care what any of these people think i know that they don't they're gonna give some opinion that's gonna make me crazy because it's like woefully uninformed but it's also like gleefully uninformed and they just like are they're like proud to not know anything about the nuggets like it's beneath them to even have any research and then they talk about it uh it, as an expert and it makes me insane but so i'm back to the point where i'm like searching that out because like now i know the truth so i love to i like want to relish in their ignorance and just like roll around with in it like a pig in mud it makes me feel good (laughs) all right let's take our last break here on the other side though we're going to play a little questionnaire game where i'm going to ask uh eric if he strongly agrees agrees strongly disagrees or disagrees with uh, a statement and the statements are gonna be fun they're very fun ones um but first one tell you about msu denver online actually i'm sorry i want to tell you about manscapes work for dnvr is brought to you by manscapes the best in men's below the waist grooming manscape offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and that's a true that's a true fact you think about this you're putting a razor for sensitive areas you want to make sure that this is like precision engineered not something that's just going to be like yeah it's mostly safe or anything like that it's great my favorite eric i got the nose trimmer i don't know if you got the nose we all got to pick out like products that we get to try i got the nose trimmer fantastic i I gotta say that that is my favorite product for you to have gotten My nose, incredibly unhairy at the moment. It's really nice. So you want to take a nice reprieve. 
Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. We joke about it, guys. It's a silly topic, but it's 100% great products, and you want to check them out. DNVR, use that promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. Also want to tell you about the presenting sponsor of the show, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And you guys know the tournament has been a lot of fun. How much money did you say you won on the tournament, Eric? The NCAA. I placed one bet and I won it. You so, only placed one bet on the NCAA. Dude, I don't. Like, I don't like betting on stuff I don't know about. I, I don't know anything about college basketball. I know that everyone's like, "That's the fun," but it's not fun. That's like I might as well just go play a slot machine. Like, what? Right. How are you doing on on your NBA bets? That I should ask. Oh, amazing. Yeah. What are you talking about? I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the NBA. I really do feel like we're like 60% on our bets on, on the Nuggets. It's like Without question. Without question. Um, if you want to check them out right now, they have the deal. You guys have heard us talking about it. You can turn $1 to $100 if you bet on any team. There's only four teams left, so you haven't taken this deal. Only four teams left. I'm going to give you a hint. Bet Gonzaga. They're favorites all the time. You bet $1. If they win, you win $100. That's great odds for a team that's heavy favorites. Um, so you want to do that. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt, and, and you get a shot. $1, turn it into $100. DraftKings is safe secure and reliable you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience so download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you do you must be 21 or older colorado only new customers restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 zoom care never sit in a doctor's office again i mean that sincerely don't ever sit there you hate going to the doctor i hate it you have to like set an appointment you have to drive all the way across town you got to sit in the waiting room and then you're in the wrong waiting room so they send you to a different floor and all that stuff not again instead you can visit zoomcare.com that's zoom z-o-o-m-c-a-r-e.com and you can get right in front of a doctor via Zoom and have them do everything that you need to do. You could just talk to them through that and they'll walk you through everything, ask you your questions, as good as a doctor's visit right there with a doctor. So check them out, zoomcare.com. This is the wave of the future. You're not just doing meetings like through your office at Zoom or podcasts as it were, Eric. You're not just doing podcasts for Zoom. I don't know if you knew, Zoom could be used for more than just podcasting. I actually don't believe you. Adam, let me ask you a question really quickly. Yeah. How is a school like such a small school like Gonzaga able to field a team worthy of winning a national championship? What is it about college basketball where super small programs like that are able to be the best? I, I don't understand. Like football, there's no parallel. That's true. You do just have the big ones. Um, I don't know what it is with Gonzaga. I mean, they do have a good program. You know, they have like a good system in place. They tend to get like right now in college, all your top blue chip prospects not all but most they go to kentucky where they get copious amounts of money to go for one year and pretend to go to school and then they go to the nba well when you do that if you can get guys that stay for two three four years then you build like experienced players and experienced team and you have a chance at winning so i think that's part of it and then also they just recruit really well like they do have really talented system players smart high iq players so they have some advantages that was a good question though um, all right, last segment here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm joined by D-Line Co. You guys know him also as D-Line Co. And now I'm going to ask you, you're going to tell me strong agree, agree, neutral, disagree, or strong disagree with the following statement. The Nuggets will finish top three in the standings out West. Strong agree. Strong agree. I do. I believe it. I really do believe it. I, I just think that uh, there's just so many things working in their favor right now that I think that they're going to rattle off like a pretty big win streak Mm. or at least like a a pretty um, dominant stretch. If they they win tomorrow night against the Clippers, they are going to be exactly one game back of the three seed. Yeah. I I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't see how, if they can, I mean, if this momentum that we're experiencing is real, like I don't see how it gets uh, stopped before the playoffs. I, I, I think the Nuggets are a freight train moving into the playoffs. Once the playoffs start, you know, everything, you know, everything's on the table. It, it really just comes down to how you can perform in those three or four. It really just comes down to in the playoffs, how can you perform in the one game that turns it one way or the other? But going into the playoffs, like the, the I mean, I do believe that the momentum from this Aaron Gordon trade is more than just a honeymoon. It's more than just uh, people feeling excited and, you know, feeling alive again. I just think it's a, it was literally the perfect piece. And I just think that they're going to ride that to at least, at least the three seed. Love it. 
why not? Um, I, I feel, I think I feel pretty good about it. I would say agree. Um, not strong agree, but agree. Uh, I could see it though. I want to see a couple more games. I want to see like three more games. Then I'm ready to fire off some real hot takes. Um, Nikola Jokic will win the MVP. Wow. This is such, this is so brutal. This question, because it's not, do I think that he should win it? Do I think that, that uh, wrongs will be made right in the, (laughs) in the court of public opinion, almost. Um, I'm going to just say agree because I'm starting to hear the tides turn a little bit with some of the larger voices. Um, You know, like they've now cycled from Embiid to LeBron and now they're like trying to shoehorn Harden into that place, (laughs) but it's like too late, man. I'm sorry. Like we can't have this conversation. So, and that's even being, you know, that's even sort of being admitted. I like people are starting to, um, put their tail between their legs and sort of say like, well, what can you do? It's going to be one of those weird years. You're like, right. man, it's no, Jokic is just that good. And it's, it's at a certain point, he's going to be undeniable, but you know, you're talking politics here. So I, I can't be, I can't be super duper bullish, but I just, I be, I think it might happen. I actually think it might happen. I would say agree. Not quite strong agree, although we're moving there. I honestly think he's going to win it. I think he's going to. Like, I think our bets are going to cash. It's going to be great. We're going to be rolling in dough. Uh, I can't wait for that. But I think he's going to win. And it's part because I think the Nuggets are going to do well. I think, you know, as early as next Monday, the Nuggets might be the three seed. And then the narrative starts to shift. And all, you know, all the things that have been against him start working for him. And, um, and yeah, I think there's such a difference between the people who set what to be talked about on radio and television and people who vote for this. I know that they're all media, you know, there's like a, a, a media-ness to it, but it's different. Like when you set the tone for a TV show, you just want controversy. You want to rile people up. And when you are at the media that actually vote for the award wants to get it right. So I think Jokic gets it. I honestly do. I think he's getting it. Um, barring something crazy happening. Um, Michael Porter Jr. will shoot 42% or better from three. He's at 45% right now after thanks to his five for seven, but his career you know, 42%. I think I saw over the last nine games, he's shooting 51% from no, three. No, the month of March, he's shooting 50%. <laughs> Fire him up. It's so stupid. Will he shoot 40? So, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strong agree, man. He's only getting better. Me too. I strongly agree. It's crazy because I think he's going to be taking more shots than ever. Because I just think, like, going forward now, he's 33 minutes per game and, like, getting actual, like, he's starting to touch the ball more in the offense and everything else. So maybe the percentages lower a little bit, but they only lower from 50% that he's at down to like 45%. Like, he might no, be was, there a, was there a single shot that left his, his hands last night that you weren't convinced was going in? Only there actually was one, but of all the shots, all the seven threes he took, there was only one because it's anytime he like pivots off of his right foot, I'm like, ah, eh, he doesn't look that great, but <laughs> he doesn't do that too often. I, I'm telling you, man, his shot is so pure and he's gaining confidence, and I just can't wait. I can't wait for like the mixture of Michael Porter's confidence with Michael Porter's like understanding of the game. When those two lines like you. intersect, it's gonna be like the best. I'm telling you, those that those two po- those two points are in a collision course. And if they haven't hit already, course. like the, that X is about to happen. Like it, it, and it's it's gonna be terrifying. For yeah. and I, I like I I just cannot wait for uh, the narrative for just years to come. Like I just want other teams to feel our. We should have drafted Don, Donovan Mitchell. Shane. Oh, they already like, do. You know who feels it more than anyone? The Knicks. No. The Clippers. The Clippers. They play tomorrow. Fire Doc. So great for freaking Balmer to be in the front row tomorrow while, while <sighs> MPJ drops his first fifty piece while he just like fires his entire front office on the spot as he just, oh my you know, God. rage. So beautiful. Uh, I, I'm take. I, I strong agree. Michael Porter. If there's one thing I believe in. And, as much as anything not related to Jokic is that Michael Porter can shoot the ball. Um, the Nuggets starting lineup can go toe to toe with anybody. I, I strong agree, man. I like the only team, obviously that gives me pause. Is, well, there's the two, I mean, there's the Nets and there's the Lakers and we just haven't gotten to see it with, from the Lakers. Um, but I don't fear of from any lineup, like I don't think what I've seen so far from this new 
Nuggets starting unit, I can't imagine like what you can do to stop them right now. Right, right. You know? I, to me, I I think I I think I agree with like a. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with a toe and strong agree because here's the thing, I don't think you can beat the Lakers like playing to them like oh we got to shut them down or this or that. I think you yeah. can beat them by breaking them, and yeah. I think the Nuggets have they're not there yet, but I think that once they should they fully integrate Gordon and Porter continues this trajectory he's on, I think they have a lineup that actually breaks them. They're so good defensively, but if you can just like make it to where you spread that court out way too much that their athleticism and stuff gets broken, like you just start draining threes. The Lakers lose the math equation. That's that they always lose that. And Denver right now is just such an elite three point shooting team and getting better by the day. I, so I, I kind of have that there. And then if you go to the other end, you know, Brooklyn, yeah, they can score on everybody, but they can't stop anyone. And I just think right. Denver, you know, it might end up being the shootout that I kind of like Denver in a shootout. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like you can't, I can't imagine how you can stop the nuggets. I can't right. imagine how you can stop the nuggets. I, I mean, I can, I can imagine how you can score on the nuggets, but even that like proposition appears to be less certain. So the, and also, I don't know what the Lakers look like anymore. I have no idea who that team is. Like, they haven't been together for months. Yeah, they're missing a big – they're really testing a, a big portion of this, like, you have to build towards the playoffs. Um, but with Brooklyn, you know, the marathon runners are always like, you know, a marathon will explode, expose you for who you really are. Like, it'll teach you lessons about yourself. And I feel like it's always corny. Like, I run, I just get tired. I'm like, I don't yeah, yeah, You're like, oh, yeah, this revealed to me that I hate running. Yeah, yeah I hate running. Not very rewarding in any sense. <laughs> I can't imagine doing this for two and a half hour, four hours, whatever it takes to run a marathon. But um, I think with the Nets, this is what happened to the Clippers last year. I'm telling you, they got exposed, not because they weren't talented enough. They got exposed for like just being losers without leadership and effort out of court. And I think Brooklyn, like, I wonder if like, are you get them in a real slugfest? I just wonder if they get what they fall back on. I know what Denver falls back on. Like they have a cohesiveness that's like, hey, man. Maybe you're a bit more talented and can beat them, but if it comes down to a gut check, I just think Denver can win a gut check against that team. You're not, you're not wrong, and also it is interesting. Like when you talk about for years, like a team like Denver, like oh, who's their closer? Who's their closer? Uh, because it was perceived that they had zero, but yeah. with the Nets, like they have too many at a certain like. Kevin Durant, I guess, is, would be the guy that you'd turn to, but like that's also been James Harden. Like when you get to a place where it's like, yo, we literally have this one shot to save our season. Um, I don't know how that goes, honestly. Like it, it could, that's things get weird when, you know, when when the pressure gets applied, and I guess it's that that old marathon metaphor I've heard. You learn about yourself, <laughs> but like you find out if like those those dudes really are about winning or if they're really just like about the idea of like yo let's come together because we'll win uh but if totally. if any of them can put that aside because they're obviously all doing it even though it's like seemingly selfish selfless it's all also very selfish they all just want to win i think to, Brooklyn to, is going to be up 2-0 in a series and they are going to smack the hell out of a team in game three and I think that if a team can get them down 0-2 in a series, they're going to collapse. They're going to fold. They're going to. I think you're right. Kyrie's subtly throwing shade at Harden for dribbling. I think you're right, dude. I, I, you're so right. There's going to be a shot where like one of them is like giving the other one like the, the yeah. hands up, like "What are you doing, dude?" Like <laughs> quietly, like Lamarcus Aldridge is leaking that he's unhappy with his role and like <laughs> the mole. <laughs> Yo, I wanted to ask George Carl that question. I wanted so badly to ask him. Dude, you about... should have. He was, you know he was going to answer it. <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, you moved out of the Super Chats. I was trying to get your attention. I wanted to be like, George Carl, I have to know. Andre Iguodala, the mole, were you aware of him communicating with the other locker room? And did you think it had any impact on the outcome of the series? That's so funny, man. That's so funny. All right, last one. The Nuggets will be better next season than they are this season. Ooh. Um, gotta I, you gotta play. I mean, as in uh, as in betting, you have to play uh, the trends here. And I got a strong agree, man. Yeah. They've been better every single year. Why would next year be any different? I kind of think they're going to be significantly better. I think Tim Conley gets one more summer to kind of construct. Now you know your top four are. Yep. Probably you have some pieces in that second unit that you're like, okay, <laughs> these guys, you know. Michael Green, Monte, those guys, PJ Dozier, probably even. 
Uh, then you just, you build around that. Like it's so much easier when you're only trying to finish like two pieces, you're like, okay, I need one guy here. I need one guy there. Boom. It all comes together. And I think Denver's going to do that. Plus Jokic should be better next year. Murray should be better next year. Michael Porter should be much better next year. Aaron Gordon, more integrated. Like I think next year Denver's going to be really good. So league better stop them this year or else the dynasty begins. <laughs> your leagues, are, you're on notice, Rachel Nichols. You're on notice. All right, that does it for this episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We're going to be back again tomorrow. If you guys don't know, we do the pregame show, and it's great. I love the pregame show. I like it as much, if not more, than I like the postgame show, so check it out. We always have fun topics there before the game, 30 minutes up on our YouTube channel, and then, of course, after the game, we'll be in the postgame lounge, hopefully a winner's lounge. The Um, pregame show and the postgame show are so good that people bug us to put on a a halftime show. (laughs) We're like, let us live. (laughs) <laughs> end of first quarter could you guys do courtside interviews <laughs> we should do that like a little pop in with eric like eric the team went defending out there uh, what do you need to do to slow slow down uh i'm ready let's do it i'm ready for my close-up <laughs> thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you guys next time before we get out of here i want to tell you about hassle cattle company you guys we brought you damn good beer now we're bringing you damn good beef and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about the marbling of their delicious Wagyu beef. You know, have, you seen, have, you, have you seen just images of the Wagyu brisket? Are you a brisket person? I like brisket. I'm a brisket guy. Dude, the, the Wagyu brisket is literally, um, I think it's banned in some states. It's like, oh, wow. Is so, that good? It, <laughs> it should be banned. Wait, they I, have it's, a Wagyu brisket? There is a Wagyu brisket. It is not. It is not the cheapest item in the store. I will tell you that. It is unbelievable. Just looking at it, though, you're like, oh my god. Worth Look it, at that man. thing. Worth it. Oh, all right. I'm ordering some of this. This sounds. It's like grilling season, man. I'm, I'm all. I'm yeah, all I mean, you, you, you don't. You don't get a Wagyu brisket unless you're like ready to smoke it and do it the exact right way. Because it is a. It is a trophy, sir. The trophy. Well, I love it. Uh, Eric is seller, selling you on this. Go to Hassle Cattle Company. H A S S. E-L-L, cattlecompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10, 10% off your order.